0: You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. After identifying your opponent and where the battle happens, now it's time to know the weapons of conflict. Find out how to gear up for battle in this audio message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. So today we are concluding our series on fight. Everybody say fight. And uh, I believe that all of us have been familiar with this term conflict. And... You are probably uh, you know, now aware that when you started your life as a Christian you were drafted into a war. how many of you are aware with that you are in a war and the moment you declare Jesus is Lord, guess what you declare war you declared war against the enemy and who's that enemy Satan and for the, for the past uh, three weeks you've been talking about Uh, you know, this particular spiritual warfare. And first, we talked about the origin of war. And we went back in uh, the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, where did it all start? And, you know, we, we all recall that it all started in the garden when the serpent tempted Eve. And that's where the seed of rebellion and sin came in. Okay, last week, we talked about the location. Everybody say location. And where is the location of the battle? The battle is in the mind. Tell the person beside you it's in your mind. God knows what you're thinking right now. The battle is in the mind. He who controls his mind has won half the battle already. And today we're going to be talking about weapons. Everybody say weapons. So we're going to focus on the weapons of our warfare. And so, you know, as, as we talked about the battle is in the mind, I realized that, yes, much of the fight happens here. But yet, there's a reality of the heavenlies that are out there. How many of you know that the battle is also happening out there in the heavenly realms? There's some battle happening in our own mind, but yet, there's also some warfare happening around this nation. Maybe in your family, not between husband and wife, okay? Maybe in your office, the spiritual forces of evil are active. In the halls of Malacanang, yes, <laughs> in, uh, you know, in our local government, in our businesses, in our schools, there's, there's a war happening out there in the heavenly realms. So we're going to be looking at uh, the book of Ephesians, and I'd like to invite everyone to uh, stand with me. We're going to be looking at the weapons of our warfare so that we will be aware that God drafted us to war, not just to fight you know, without any weapons, you know, because our weapons are better than the nuclear weapons that are available out there, really, okay, and so I'd like to invite everyone to open up to the book of Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to be reading from verses 10 to 18, okay, finally, be strong, everybody say be strong, strong. in the Lord and in His mighty power, put on, everybody say put on. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? The rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. How many of you are pumped up already? How many of you are scared? Don't be scared. We are in a war. Yet we battle not against flesh and blood. We battle not against human beings. We battle beyond the people that we see every day. There's a spiritual realm happening and some of the forces of evil are actually controlling some of the things that we're experiencing right now. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. That's exactly what we need to do. Stand. That's why we are standing right now. Okay? We are to stand our ground. And after we've done everything, we've put on the full armor, we are to stand and advance. Stand firm then. with The belt of truth baffled around your waist with a breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. All the saints, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning. We ask our God that you would equip us, give us a revelation that indeed, as you have recruited us in this war, that we are destined to win. There's there's no losing ground when you're a Christian. We thank you, Lord God, because you are our commander in chief. That you led our battles, God. We thank you, Lord God, that you will fight our battles. And we only need to trust you, Lord God. we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you that you will remove every anxiety, every fear in our hearts. But I thank you, God, that there's an expectation, a meager expectation of the battle that's being won every day. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. You may all be seated. Of course, last week we talked about the mind. We talked about uh, the location of, the temptation where the devil always you know put in seeds of doubts and worries and anxiety and you know the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the pride of life but yet when you look at the the particular book of ephesians you know the apostle paul is using big terms in this book and more than just the consciousness of the natural he is exposing that there is Such a thing as a supernatural realm. And how many of you believe in the supernatural realm? Please raise your hand. In fact, the supernatural realm is more real than the natural realm. Parang matrix That's why it's called supernatural. The natural is limited, it's finite, it's here right here, right now, in the natural world, there's an ending, and a beginning of things. But yet in the supernatural realm, there's eternity. There's powers. There's, you know, there's two sides. And, you know, they're at war at each other. And in fact, when the Apostle Paul started the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 3, he was talking about, you know, thanks be to God. Because, you know, we have all this, spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms in Christ. And how many of you have received that spiritual blessings? How many of you are blessed? Please raise your hand. Tell the person beside you, you are blessed as well. We are all blessed in the heavenly realms. Pastor, I want to be blessed also in the natural realm. That's a given. But when you got saved, when you are are a born-again Christian, you've already been blessed in the spiritual realm because of what Jesus Christ did your inheritance is secure you know i realize that our, our life here on earth is so finite here today gone tomorrow we don't even know when we're going to die i mean if you know that our mortal bodies are just so fragile that you know you know i have i have a i have a friend who's uh, who's so fit and, um, you know, he was just playing tennis at 21 years old. And he had a heart attack. Just like that. You know, it's so unpredictable. The life that we have here is so unpredictable. Because, you know, we're, we're living and we have this mortal body that can give way anytime. time. That's why if we are wise we will invest in something that is beyond this natural world. Amen. Yeah. You know, that's the rule of investment. That, you know, even in the longevity of time, that you are still earning with compound interest. And guess what? I believe that the best investment we can ever have is that of the spiritual realm. And so the Apostle Paul made a broad stroke for the book of Ephesians. He started off... By us being blessed in the heavenly realms in Christ. And he's now ending this book, Ephesians chapter 6, also talking about the heavenly realms. The reality of the dark forces that we have you know, against us. But yet, the confidence that we will win ultimately. And what is this spiritual warfare that we're talking about. And the Apostle Paul basically talked about for us to be strong. Everybody say, be strong. You know, I believe that the only thing that we need to do is for us to be strong. Because ultimately, God is the one who's going to fight our battles. And if you look at the different accounts of, like, for example, in the Old Testament, <clears throat> excuse me, when God called Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, you know, God several times, I think four or five times, God reminded Joshua. He said, be strong and courageous. Only be strong and courageous. He's reminding this man, all you have to do is to take your stand because I am the one fighting your battles. And how many of you sometimes feel that you know the battle that you're facing is beyond you? Am I the only one feeling that way? I think all of us, right? You know, for example, if you go to work, there's a ton of deadlines. You know, you go to work, there's politicizing. You know, if you go to uh, your school, for example, you're taking your test and, you know, you realize that this exam is something that you did not review. How many of you know that is something that you're, you know, that's, uh, that's something to be scared of. And many times when God calls us to fight, we realize that this is beyond us. And that's exactly where God wants us to be. The feeling of smallness. The feeling of dependency. You know, Can you imagine David and Goliath? David was really young. I think he was just maybe 10, 13, 14 years old at that time. When he was called upon to fight <clears throat> this giant, he was not even trained. He was not, you know, all he had was a slingshot and five smooth stones. And he had to depend on the name of the Lord for victory. And he basically declared that. Today I'm gonna to feed your head to the carcasses. I mean, to the birds. And so, you know, that's where we are. Sometimes we may feel inadequate with our fight, but this is the reminder of the Apostle Paul: Be strong. Not so that you can be, be well, that you can be strong upon yourself, but how can you be strengthened? Be strong where in the Lord, in the Lord, and in His mighty power. We're not to be strong, you know, by going to the gym and lifting weights. How I many of you know that? You know That can help, but in reality, you know, it doesn't really add up. It's, you know, in, in the s- scale of maybe 100%, that's probably going to be like 1 or 2%. But we need to depend on the strength of God in our lives every single day. Amen. Amen. Be strong in the Lord, not be strong in your own strength. Zechariah says, not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit of God. It, it's a Spirit of God that strengthens us. It's the Spirit of God that strengthened Jesus when He was facing temptation against uh, the enemy. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Next is, Who? Everybody say, Who? Sino bang I think you're, by now you're aware who our enemy is. Of course, His name is the devil. He's the tempter. yun. Uh, thank you. Who? who is our enemy. And in fact, in verse 12, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You know, sometimes we just deduce our struggle by thinking about, you know, our boss. You know, yung boss talaga, walang ginawa ni Lord yan para pahirapan ako. Sometimes we feel that, you know, we're struggling with the people that we work with. Sometimes we just put it down into human terms, you know. You know, I'm struggling. You know, I'm, I'm having a hard time with my life because of my husband, or because of my wife, or because of my kids, or because of my, you know, the people that I see every day. But guess what? You know, the Apostle Paul is very clear in saying that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. In fact, in a, in a, just to be able to be detailed on this, he's not saying that our struggle is not, does not involve human terms, it does involve human beings from time to time. Because the enemy uses human beings to, you know, to counter us many times. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing this, guess what? He was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned. He was beaten. He was stoned. And who did all those things? His human enemies, not just spiritual beings. So he's talking about human beings. Yes, there are human enemies that he had. But what he's saying is, our struggle is not just against. Flesh and blood. You know, some people, you know, the natural world, for example, the modern natural world is saying that everything has a solution, scientifically or naturally. Cause and effect. You know, if somebody is sinning, maybe that person has been had a problem, you know, in his. Uh, environment when he was young, or you know, if a person is, for example, involved in immorality, maybe uh, he grew up in an environment of uh, you know of being exposed to pornographic materials when he was young. So, uh, or maybe the the parents abused him or something like that. And so they always put it down to human terms, but yet there's a reality of spiritual terms, and. It is exactly what we're looking at against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In other words, there are two ways to look at this. Two views. Either you underestimate or you overestimate. Some people underestimate, ah, I am. You, know, you know, if you're sick, just go ahead and drink your medicine. That's, you're you're going to be fine. You know, you go to the doctor and you go to the hospital and you're going to be fine. How many of you know that there's also an element of prayer and miracles? And some people deduce, you know, if if things are happening in the natural, then our, our answer is the natural world. They underestimate the reality of the spiritual realm. Whereas some other people, on the other hand, they overestimate the spiritual realm. They always blame the devil for the things that happened to them. You know, I have a bad breath this morning. The devil did this. No, you just brush your teeth. Or I am hungry and you know, the devil did this. No, you just go and have your breakfast. Overestimate. So I believe there's a balance, a certain balance, and conscious that yes, there's the reality of flesh and blood, but yet, there's a another realm wherein we are involved on a daily basis, and maybe we're not even aware of. You know, the you know, it's just so interesting because my my uh, my two daughters are learning the Bible, and my my uh, third child Anna is now uh, eight years old, and she's going through one to one with one of our teachers in uh, one of our staff, Murley in kids' church. So she's excited to go to Victory Weekend. And the reality of the spiritual realm is just, you know, just so real to her. And she's conscious about God. And she's, you know, she's she's really declaring that, you know, I really want to be with God. And, you know, she knows that all these things are nothing compared to the presence of God. So yesterday we're having lunch. And uh, we're talking about, I think, uh, Shirley was watching uh, one of the shows and one of the features of that show is uh, you can't survive without the internet blank or something like that. And so we talked about this on uh, over lunch. And so my daughter Anna just out of the blue said, you know what, I don't need an iPad. I don't need the Blackberry because I recently handed them the the old BlackBerry. So, you know, we can text each other just in case they're in school, there's an emergency. So I gave them the BlackBerry. And he said, she said, I don't need my iPad. I don't need a BlackBerry. I only need God. And so she's declaring that. And we were, wow, we were surprised that, you know, of that, of that answer. And she, she said, you know, in reality, I can survive this life with nothing else but God. And I said, great answer, and I know that God's really working in her heart, and then comes my youngest child, my Andrea, and she looked at her sister, Anna, so that means that, can I have your iPad? <laughs> you don't need your iPad, so let me have it. So she's a work in progress, okay? Okay. So I guess, you know, when you look at the supernatural, sometimes people are conscious of the supernatural realm. But many times, they're not. You know, when you drive, for example, tomorrow to your work in Makati and down the Skyway, for example, and I don't know what the billboards are there, but what if you see a particular billboard with like, a girl on a bikini Endorsing a certain kind of product. You know, for you, it's just, you know, an everyday thing. You see that every day. But for some reason, what if tomorrow, for this particular day, suddenly there's a whisper in your mind that tells you, look at that picture? You know, how many of you know that is temptation? And how many of you also know that temptation is not its sin unless you give in? Because temptation, for example, if, you, if that's a temptation, if you look at it once, you know, it's not yet drooling over that picture. That's why don't do double take. If you do a double take, you're entertaining that thing in your mind already. Are you getting it? Pastor, I don't do double take. I just stare at it. I do a single take. And that's it, you know. That's a reality of the supernatural. There's something that influences you to look at that picture and rule over that, and in your heart commit, you know, adultery and sin. Now, how do we overcome? And this is where the armor, the weapons, come in. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against what? Against the devil's schemes. In the Greek, it's called methodia or the wiles or strategy. How many of you know that the devil is a strategist? He is willing to wait for you at your weakest moment and tempt you. And many times the reason why even the best Christians fall is because they feel weak. When they put down their weapons, that's when the enemy will come in and attack. That's why in a war, you don't put down your weapons. You always carry your weapons wherever you are. You know, when I was in high school, I used to be an officer in, a, in our CAT. I used to be the, the vice, not vice-ganda, okay, but vice uh, whatever. Okay, I forgot now. But the adjutant. Okay? And so I was the one in charge of you know, calling the formation. And I was the one in charge of calling out "Harap Sarap," you know "Harap Sarikot" pal, "Harap sa something like that. So you know, I was I was the one. You know, I had a big voice back in high school. I had a skinny, you know, back then I I was skinny. And so I was shouting, you know, and you know, we'd always and we would have uh, you know drills in our school in uh, in Manresa. And from time to time, we have had beef walks. And in a bivouac, it's a, like we would have war games. And one of the things that they do is they try to steal the weapons of the other camp. And so you've you got to have your weapons with you all the time. You can't put down your weapons. And so that's also the same way in Christianity. Guess what? God has given us weapons of warfare, and we are to put it on every single day. Now, I don't want you to go in front of your mirror and say, Okay, I'm going to put on my belt of truth, my breastplate, my helmet. You, know, you look stupid, okay? Don't do that. Okay, You look weird. But somehow, there's a consciousness in us that God has equipped us with particular weapons against the devil's schemes. In fact, we are not to be ignorant of the devil's schemes or methodology or wiles or strategies Though he's patient, patiently waiting because the enemy is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour at your weakest moment. That's why you got to be ready. You got to stand your ground and you always got to wear your weapons. Now, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. The apostle Paul takes the time to be redundant here. In a couple of verses, he'd always say, put on your armor. Put on your armor. Put on your armor. So what? So that you may be able to stand. It's like, I will repeat it again for the second time once more. Until you get it, okay? You know, the Apostle was really redundant about this. And he's emphasizing, we got to put on our armor. So that we can take our stand. For example, this is you. Okay? What are the armors? Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. You know what? How many of you know that lies bring captivity, but yet truth will set us free? And God wants us to always walk around with the truth of God's word every single day. Put on the belt of truth. You know, the enemy would lie to you. He would lie to you and say to you, you know what, you're sick. You're sick of cancer. You're coughing right now. Ah, that's TB. You know, you're, you know, you're, you're, have, you, it's a, you know, you wake up today with a backache. Ah, oh, you know, that's a problem with your back. You're going to be operated on. You're going to have a heart attack. You're going to have a triple bypass. You know, you know, the enemy will just, you know, lie to you and speak lies to us. You know, can you imagine what if somebody would tell your wife and, you know, this person is probably a friend, and tell her, you know what? Your husband is cheating on you. Your husband is sleeping around with another woman. Your husband is actually, you know, trying to find ways so that he can have time with this person. You know, even if it's not true, just because it's a lie, how many of you know that that will affect the relationship that you have with your husband? Because somebody said that. You know, lies does not have to be true. That's why other lies. Eh? <laughs> they just only have to be believed. Because if you believe the lies of the enemy, guess what? That's it. You're, you're trapped. And if this poor wife believes this lie, you know, the husband would go home one day and, and the wife would say, Sino kasama mo kayon? I came from the office. She doesn't say anything. She said something. Because somebody fed her about a lie, and here you are, you're defenseless. And whatever it is that you say, she's so suspicious about you know, that. Stand firm with the belt of truth. The enemy would always come to you with a lie. You know, you're not worthy. You can't come to church. You sinned yesterday. You have impure thoughts. You're not worthy to come to church. No, these are lies of the enemy. Belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness in place. You know, what? the breastplate is that piece of equipment that protects one of the vital organs that we have, which is our heart. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. That we are to come before the Lord not on the basis of our righteousness, but on the basis of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. On that cross. It's a breastplate of righteousness. Satan would come to you with a temptation. Guess what? The righteousness of God will protect you. And with the, feet, uh, with the feet fitted with a readiness that comes from what? From the gospel of peace. In other words, God has equipped us also with a footwear that is always ready to share the gospel outside. There's a certain readiness. That God wants us to have. And you know, this is no ordinary footwear. This is not a flip-flop, by the way. You know, this is actually a solid sandal. And it's made of leather or something like that. And they found out that the ancient warriors even have some sharp piece of metal so that they can actually put a stand. And when they stand, they can actually uh, almost bore a hole in the ground. So that they won't be pushed back by the enemy. And that's how this goes. The gospel of peace. There's a readiness. A readiness to share the word to the people around you, in your own home, in your office, in your campus. In addition, take up what? The shield of faith with which you can extinguish... All the flaming arrows of the enemy. And guess what? That's called the shield of faith because many times the enemy will try to dart you with doubts, unbelief, anxiety, worry. And all you have to do is to raise up your shield of faith. It'll extinguish the flaming arrows of the enemy. Did you watch the movie Narnia? Or maybe 300? Ow! Remember that? When they would actually attack with arrows, what do they do? They actually pull up their shield And it will just, you know, either the arrows will, of course, stick on the shield or they will bounce off. Another weapon is take the helmet of salvation. I believe that the reason why it's a helmet is because the battle is in the mind. And God wants us to always be ready to protect our mind from the enemy's scheme. Salvation, that we're saved not because of good works, we're saved because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It's a finished work already. Take that helmet every day, the confidence that God saved you, not because of what you can do for Him, but because of what Jesus Christ finished work. And lastly, the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. You know, all the other weapons are used defensively, but this is the only weapon that's used for offense. And this is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And that's why we always emphasize in church that you ought to love your Bible, read that Bible every day, meditate on the Scripture. Do not let the book of the Lord depart from your mouth, but what? meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be successful and prosperous. I believe that all of us, how many of you would like to be successful and prosperous? That's a promise, but how many of you would like to read the Word every day? Um. Gusto maging successful, am magbasa. You know, we know this, and we've talked about this. Jesus countered the temptation of Satan through the Word. It is written. And we can actually have an offensive attack against the enemy also by the Word. In Psalm, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your Word. And it goes on to say, I, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. There's also a virtue of not just reading and meditating the word, but also memorizing the word. How many of you memorize some scriptures in your life? How many of you know John 3.16? At least, please, naman memorize naman John 3.16. Maybe some of you, you only memorize one verse and that's the only thing you memorize, John 3.16. Dagdagan naman, Jesus wept, okay? You know, add another verse there. Or I am the way that's with the life, okay? John 46, just add some verses there. Later on, we're gonna memorize one scripture. It's so easy. And in verse 18, it says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. This is our communication tool to the headquarters. And how many of you know that it is imperative for us to communicate daily with our Father? to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints and not attacking all the saints. You know, I realize that the, the best form of attack is not an external attack. It's an internal attack. A house divided against itself will not stand. We are to stand with each other, by each other, and not attack each other. As brothers and sisters, we are to be confident of the fact that, yes, there is going to be a battle, there's going to be a fight, but the good news is we're not fighting alone. We have brothers and sisters fighting with us. It's kind of like this picture in 300 AU. You fight side by side with each other, and they call this the Macedonian phalanx that there's a person standing beside you holding his shield so that you can be partially covered by his shield and so that you can actually attack with your sword or with your spear. It is so imperative and important that somebody is standing beside you because if not, you are going to be open to the enemy's attack. How I many if you are getting the picture? That's why you've got to be sure that the person seated beside you is standing with you and not attacking you. Because we have a common enemy, and it's forward, not one another. In fact, in the same movie, they have what they call the turtle formation. That when the enemy would hit them with you know, spears and arrows, guess what? They're formidable. You know, they cannot be attacked anymore because it's almost like an armor around them. And this has been a model for you know, modern armies. You know, you know. For example, I think that's the Roman uh, formation, and you know, this is actually the modern army. <laughs> in case of stones and whatever, they have used the same tactic and the same strategy in order for them to protect themselves. Why? And I'd like to end with this, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It's just about standing your ground and waiting for the victory to come. Because the victory has already been won on Calvary. In fact, the Son of Man came in First John chapter 3, verse 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to what? Was to destroy the devil's work. And how many of you know that Jesus already came? He came. He died. He was buried three days he rose again, and with that, he destroyed the works of Satan in our lives. Amen. And this is the victory that we have. We fight not for victory, but from a standpoint of victory. That's just my main point. We fight not for victory. We don't fight because you want to win. Guess what? You've already won. We are just standing our ground. And that's really the message of the gospel. Stand your ground. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, stand your ground. All you gotta do is stand your ground. Don't be defeated by the temptations, accusations, lies. But stand your ground. Stand your ground with one another. And I believe that we can actually see victory together. This is one verse I want you all to memorize. Exodus fourteen fourteen. Very simple. Ex fourteen fourteen. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Who's fighting our battles? The Lord. What do we need to do? Be still. What does that mean? Be still. You're be easy. Chill. Let it go. Surrender. Live it to God. You're not to worry about what you're going through every day. It's a fight. Take your stand. But yet, let it go. Surrender to God. Put on your full armor. Don't, you know, I'm not saying steady lang and then drop your weapons. Eh, steady lang, sabi Pastor, eh. no, no, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say that, okay? Steady lang. Just hold your ground. Stand your ground. Hold your ground because the Lord will fight our battles. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by that message. Spiritual battles occur in our day-to-day lives. Experience victory over these challenges together with other believers through a regular victory group. To join, simply visit our concierge or our website at www.victoryalabang.org. Thank you and stay connected.